Well, hello there. This is Shoeless Adam Danger. And once again, I'm joined by Big Ben. Big Ben, what's going on? Nothing, man. Just back-to-back Big Ben episodes. Right, right, right. How was, uh, what did you do today? What did you get up to today? I've just been sitting in my room all day watching uh, TV, YouTube mainly. What are you watching on YouTube? Conspiracy theories. Oh, God. <laughs> what conspiracy theory are you watching now? Like like a movie type theories. Not like Illuminati type theories. Not that. Like... <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, you, you had me scared there for a second. What, uh, <laughs> what did you... <laughs> I was worried. I was like, oh, Benjamin, I don't want to have to tell you about QAnon. Like... Uh, oh no no so tell me what did you see about these movie theories like the theory behind if jason could teleport because there has been some speculation be if uh jason could or could not teleport and you know how in the movies he's built stocky yeah yeah they like Today he's super slow, but then like out of one moment he's here, and then look he's there. That's why fans. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so they're thinking that because he's slow and he's lumbering, right? He just kind of slowly gets. And we're talking about Jason Voorhees for you fans, right? In the uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie series. So the theory is that even though he moves so slowly, the reason he shows up and he gets his victims is because he has this supernatural ability to teleport is that right yeah what do you think are you convinced a little uh, kind of because then there's that other one where in every horror movie there's that one person or that one thing right there and they always gotta fall yeah yeah there's always something they just didn't account for uh, but no, I kind of like that's pretty interesting. Did you see any other kind of theories, movie theories, or things like that? The the Blair Witch. Ooh, the tell first, me about the Blair Witch. How uh, I don't remember the character's name. Uh, but they were setting up the the two guys were setting up the woman, the girl. Mm-hmm. I I think that's the more common theory for the movie, like the most famous theory for that movie. That they were setting her up like they were in on it or something? or Like they were trying to kill her. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, that's interesting. I I haven't seen the movie since it came out in, what, 1999, 2000? And yeah. it was, you know, back in the day, it was really interesting because they told us, like, we found this footage in the woods, and this is the movie they made. So they made it seem like it really happened, right? And like, oh, man, like, you know, you're like watching a nowadays you'd watch like a TikTok video or something and it'd be like pretty creepy. But back then they said, like, this is real. This really happened. These people are dead. And, like, and you didn't know it wasn't like Brad Pitt <laughs> or anybody like that. Right. It wasn't a real actor. They was just these people. So part of the, the fun and the scary part of the movie was that maybe this is real. Maybe there is like a Blair Witch out there that was getting people. Uh, and so that was kind of scary, but I guess that's kind of interesting too. That's interesting. Think like maybe they're in on it. There really was no Blair Witch, but they were just bringing this poor woman out to to murder her. Uh, that yeah. might be kind of an interesting uh, tweak. And what, that was one of the first movies, Benjamin, that you had to go to a website. Like back then, 
we had the internet, but no one really used, you know, blogs or anything like that to uh, market a movie, right? Back then, you would just, you know, somebody would review a movie and they'd write it in a newspaper and you'd read Cisco and Ebert and be like, this movie is very interesting or this movie is too boring. <laughs> uh, but back then, they had a, yeah, no, I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you, every Friday, we would, my brother and I would get the newspaper and Josh would go straight to the, uh, movie critic section and just you know would read what the uh, newspaper critics said if this was a good movie if this was a boring movie if this was a bad movie if it was a fun movie uh, but this was the first movie the Blair Witch Project was the first movie where you had to go to a website and the website had all the information it was like in 1978 some people went missing in the woods and this was before the Blair Witch right and so which is kind of neat nowadays right if a movie comes out there's going to be all kinds of like websites or you can get an you know what I mean? Like, uh, like if you look at a, a movie poster and there might be some little writing on the side and it's a website to go to and there's a game or something, right? But back then, you just didn't do that, right? Like, you didn't have that kind of stuff. So this was the first movie that had a website where you had to read, you know, the police. It was fake, right? Like, the fake police reports. And uh, look at these images. I remember, I remember, I saw this in Bandera. So this is probably like 2000. I was probably 14. And so I remember everyone saying, this is the scariest movie ever. Oh, and I was in Bandera and there was a ton of people there. And there was a small TV and we were all looking at the small TV. And I couldn't tell what was going on. Like the camera kept shaking and it was really dark. And someone was like, I'm, I'm getting sick. It hurts my stomach. Because it was like motion sickness. It kept moving around. And you couldn't focus on what you're supposed to look at. So I just remember like I kind of got a headache. And I don't know if Polly or Jacob got sick. But it was just like <laughs> made us dizzy. Uh, and I remember being like, well, what happened? I don't get it. You know, I don't get what happened. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of uh, I mean, it was interesting, though. It was kind of interesting concept to like this is a found footage movie. This is a real movie. And really, it's not acted and low budget and stuff but well that's interesting Benjamin. so you like looking at those kind of videos on youtube where they talk about different movies or things like that yeah yeah do you do you have a youtube channel you like to go to like uh, the film theorist mm-hmm. uh, and uh for that's for the movie conspiracy theories okay uh, so that's another one called the game theories okay it's in the name he uh, debunks it or he tries to explain conspiracy theories but for video games oh that's interesting that sounds pretty cool and is it just called like game theories and film theories is that the name of the, the YouTube channel yeah mm, well then fans be sure to check out game theories and film theories I think I'm going to do that tonight Benjamin after we stop recording I want to get on YouTube and look up some of these film theories. These sound pretty interesting. I myself, I get on YouTube and I'm on like what culture I found. I fall under these like what culture. Um, have you ever seen that on YouTube? Yeah. Uh, don't they have a YouTube channel for wrestling? Yeah, they sure do. Cult. They have Cultaholic and they have like what culture wrestling. So you better believe I watch that. I get all the <laughs> get all the news and the history from back of the day for professional wrestling and then they have one about comic books that i watch i watch what culture comics and uh again real late at night when i'm still working i, I put that on in the background and uh, <laughs> check it out 
But today, Benjamin, what are we talking about today? We're talking about 90s rap, uh, football, but our Super Bowl predictions and yeah. how first are we going to do this year or well, this like year. It. No, I like that. That's some good topics there. I'm really excited to talk about it. Let's get started with 90s rap. Uh, let's kick off here. What is your favorite 90s rap song? Oh, Boys in the Hood remix. Boys in the Hood remix. Now, who uh, who made that song? Oh, Easy E, but Ice Cube wrote it. Okay, so easy. Now, is this when they were in NWA? Yeah, this was in. Uh, they were in NWA. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, but Easy E's the kind of the the main person on the track, right? The main person rapping and stuff, right? Yeah, he's the only one rapping. Gotcha. Okay, I didn't know that. I I think I feel like I've heard the song once or twice, but um, but I I didn't make that distinction. Now let me ask you this, Benjamin. Why do you like the song? Cause like it's an instant classic. You know, no matter what mood you're in, it's always gonna hype you up. All right. Yeah. So if you're getting ready to go work out if you're ready to go out for the night you can just put that on and just get hyped right yeah all right i like that so boys in the hood remix now benjamin where can the fine people that listen to the show where can they listen to this song you can find it on youtube spotify i don't know if you could find it on apple music because i'm on android But you still Spotify. So if you have Spotify, if you're listening to this show on Spotify, you can find Boys in the Hood Remix on Spotify. Is that correct? Yeah. Cool. Now, how did you learn about this song? Uh, Rather, my dad or one of our cousins. Okay. So either your pop or one of your cousins uh, exposed you to it. And what did you think the first time you heard it? I was in a car. <laughs> Very literal. But like what were you thinking? We we're like, man, I've never heard anything this cool before. Or like, man, this is dope. I, I was thinking that. I was like, yo, how did they create this? When did they create this? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a song that I feel like is pretty timeless, right? Like if I told you that song is older than me, right? That flip your little wig. You'd be like, that's there's no way. Cause obviously I'm ancient. But I think I'm about maybe two years older than the song. But, you know, I was a two-year-old baby, and that was just coming out. That was the freshest joint, you know, anyone could listen to. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, Benjamin. We're talking about rap. Did you check out that video I sent you yesterday about the history of rap? I saw very little. Very little of it. What did you you see? Did you get to watch a little bit of it? What did you think? Probably. Probably about 20 seconds of it. All right. Well, this is what I want you to do. This is your homework. After we're done with this, I want you to watch that video. It's this uh, Comedy Central show called Drunk History. Have you ever heard of Drunk History? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard about it. Uh huh. So it's pretty funny. You know, these people just tell stories. But the one I sent you about, uh, we talked about yesterday, was the history of hip hop, right? Like the first kind of originators of, of hip hop. And we talked about it yesterday. What do you remember that we talked about? Uh, how the Sugar Hill Gang was like basically the creator of rap. Yeah. Well, like 
not really the creator of rap, but like the first like hit major rap, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah. Like, you remember the name of the song? I forgot. It had it was like sit day and night or something like that. You're close. It's called Rapper's Delight. So <laughs> it had the name it had the name rap in the in the title. But well the thing I you know I thought was interesting when we talked about and again this is more of just a recap for those who are listening now is you know the first people that really invented hip hop were these young kids that were 13 and 14 years old, right? And they were going to block parties. Now do you know what a block party is, Benjamin? I don't know, but I'm guessing it's a party or your whole block has. Yeah, it's it's right there in the name, isn't it? It's like a neighborhood party, right? So like yeah. you post up and people bring drinks and food and you just come out and you just play music and everybody and all your neighbors and your friends and your family, anyone that lives in that area, you just hang out, right? And you dance and everyone's having a good time. And this happens a lot in bigger cities like uh, New York and Chicago, uh, where you do have neighborhoods there, right? And everyone just knows each other. You know, when I lived in Chicago, there would be little block parties there, right? And you just walk outside and there'd be picnic tables and people grilling hamburgers and hot dogs. And maybe you would bring something, right? Like you'd make some Gessel or whatever, right? And hey guys, what's up? Hey, yeah, give me a beer. All right. And then you would just eat and and then again, somebody's in charge of the music, right? Somebody that has like a turntable and some records and like, yeah, put that song on, man. Boom. And so people are dancing, right? So look, that's really what a block party is. And back in the 70s, you know, in New York, uh, you know, these young guys, again, these kids like uh DJ Cool Herc and Grand Wizard Theodore. And Grandmaster Flash, you know, a lot of these guys were your age, maybe a year older than you. And they were from Jamaica and they were from Haiti and they were from the West Indies. So, you know, they moved to America and they lived in New York. And they, uh, we talked about it yesterday, you know, some of these guys in Jamaica, right, in the 60s, they would put these huge speakers, these massive speakers in their car. And they would put a record player in there and they would spin dub reggae and they'd play reggae. And they would just drive throughout the city and throughout the neighborhood, just blasting the music, right? And so if you're there, you just hear this guy going, Hey, everybody, this is uh, this is playing the big hits now, Bob Marley and the Whalers. Please excuse my you know, bad Rastafari accent. But uh, you know, they would just play this music. So when they come to New York, they're like, oh, back in Jamaica, you know, we used to play this kind of music. And someone would get on the microphone. The DJ would get on the microphone and just, again, they would just do really simple raps like... All the girls say, hey, and they go, hey, and all the boys say, yo, and they be, yo, and so that was, you know, but after a while, they would start talking and go, yo, my name is Adam, and I'm the best, and all the other DJs can feel the rest, chicka, 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 <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, we were talking about hip-hop, a lot of it was about hanging out, and just having a party, and having fun, we like to hang out all the night, and when things get right, it gets so tight, pick up, pick up, pick up. And uh, and so that was kind of and then this is like the early 70s. Right. So like about the same time that your dad was born. Think about that. Think about that. When your dad was born, that's when the first hip hop was being made in New York. Right. And so what do you think about that? What do you think about hip hop being made by people that are your age? Crazy. Because I would expect yeah. that kids my age to like make bottle rockets 
or like a new type of color or something not to make some type of music like i'm not trying to be offensive in any way like oh you can make this if you're this age you can do whatever you make anything you want at least if it's not endangering anybody sure sure no but i think it's i think that's what's really exciting you know is that you can be a, a young person relative person but if you have an imagination Right, you can do whatever you want. You can create something that is that is amazing, and that speaks to the world. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to be like you know, the richest, right, or like the oldest or the smartest, right. You could just you can be a person that just has a really good idea, a big imagination, and you can do something really, really worthwhile and just you know change the world. It really changed the world. So to me, I love that. I love that idea that these young guys and they just. One person would create something. One person created like scratching, and uh, I saw the little video, and it, it. I think it was Grand Wizard Theodore, and he was like twelve, right? He was twelve or thirteen, and his older brother was a, a guy named Mean Gene, and his older brother had a turntable and vinyls. Now, when I say turntable, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh yeah, I I just don't know how to explain them. It it's like a record, you know. You put a record, and you you can spin the record, right? And it's just normally it would just play like. Boom, boom, boom. But then you can, you know, there's dials and things. You can turn up the volume. You can turn up the speed. You can, you can kind of um, change up the the sound of the record, right? Uh, it's not just like a regular record player. So you'd put it on the turntable. So he was messing around with it, right? And he was playing with it, and it was too loud. And his mom comes and goes, Theodore, what are you doing? And he like scratched the record. I went, Whoop! and he was like, Ugh! and she's like, I told you to turn it down. And then he kept scratching the record. And so that's, he discovered scratching, right? Like he kind of created, it was just an accident because his mom was yelling at him. Believe me, I know what that's like. Like, what are you doing? And like, but he created that. And so again, he creates that and then he shows it off at a block party. Like, you know, they're spinning records on these two turntables and, um, and then he starts scratching and people are like they never heard it before and their their brains explode and it's so cool and then another person comes in and they they just create all these different ways of uh um like beatboxing and uh scratching cutting and then like you know kind of making these loops and stuff and so it's really really neat you know the history of hip-hop and is so fast to me it's really fascinating and it's not just the music right it's the fashion it's the attitude it's you know uh, how do you express yourself? Right, it's all about expression and giving a voice to, giving a voice to anybody. Right, that's what's really, really kind of neat. Uh, and I love, you know, '90s hip hop as well. Um, you know, I like "Today Was a Good Day." Ice Cube, have you heard that one? Yeah, yeah. Not a big fan. Uh, I it's a little overplayed for me. Oh, all right. You know, when I was when I was your age. MTV put out a CD and it was like MTV Essential Hip Hop. And it just had like songs from the 80s into the 90s, right? And it had Today Was a Good Day. And I would just listen to it. It was on CD and I listened to it over and over and over again. It was like, the Lakers beat the Supersonics. And uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, I mean, you don't even remember the Seattle Supersonics, do you? I I know some. Yeah, they were... 
they were already out of Seattle by the time you were born. But and it's a cool video. If you ever check out the video on YouTube, it's pretty silly. Uh, but it's really cool. You know, I still think it's pretty cool. Ice Cube was was pretty neat in that. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons that 90s to me is, is my favorite. I think it's the, all the sampling, right? They just took all this music from the 60s and 70s and the 80s. And they that was just great music to begin with. And they just kind of like sampled it. They did something neat with it. And the rap was like great. And other than like, you know, guys like Tupac and Biggie and Puff Daddy, you know, I still got like guys like Big Daddy Kane, right? Like, yeah. uh, Rakim. And then I was telling you, Rakim, yeah, Eric B and Rakim, like these guys are really good. And, and I think you could put it on now and just they're so talented. And it, they're talented then, they're talented now. And that's what I. You know, I think we all really enjoy. I was talking about Skilo yesterday, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was baller. I wish I had a girl who was fine, I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit and a hat and a vat and a six-form parlor. Yeah. Uh, what about the Fat Boys? You ever heard about the Fat Boys or the Ghetto Boys? I've heard about the Ghetto Boys because I think that's my dad's. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my dad right there. Scarface. Well, of course. He uh the ghetto boys are from Houston, I think. And and Bushwick Bill and it's pretty so you should check them out, you know, but is that the is that the rap your dad likes? Yeah, yeah, that's the rap my dad likes. But apparently rap my type of rap is gonna last for another twenty years. Ugh, blah blah blah. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, it, it might last 20 years. Who knows? Like, that would be a good thing, right? Like, it would, um, you know, a lot of music doesn't last five years, right? So after five years, it changes and things change and stuff like that. But uh, the good stuff will always last, right? And the okay stuff will just kind of go away. It'll become like a novelty or something. Uh, but 90s hip-hop, yeah, I think it's, you've got West Coast. You kind of got... Uh, Post NWA, you've got what's that? Uh, Midwest. Kinda, you know. I really think like you still got New York, right? You still got Notorious B.I.G. You got Puff Daddy. You got Mace. Uh, even the Beastie Boys. You ever listen to the Beastie Boys? I would never listen to the Beastie Boys. Oh, don't say that. The Beastie Boys are great, dude. You gotta check out Sabotage. You gotta check out Intergalactic. Uh, they're really cool. Like they're really cool. Uh, I never front on the Beastie Boys. Uh, check it out. You know Paul's Boutique. Everyone says is like a is a great, like an all time great hip hop album. But I, I still like stuff like Intergalactic and then Sabotage. Like I think you should give it a listen. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell me, right? You can listen to it in your little headphones. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But if you do like it, it's really cool. I definitely recommend Beastie Boys. Uh, Outcast, right? We talked about Outcast from Atlanta, and uh, so a lot of that '90s Outcast bombs over Baghdad. Like, it's crazy. Like, listen to Andre 3000 rap, and it's way too fast. Like, the human ear and the human mind cannot understand exactly what Andre 3000 is doing because he's going so fast. So check that out too. That's gonna be part of your homework. You gotta watch that little video. You gotta put on some Beastie Boys. Put on some Outcast. And it'll blow your mind. <laughs> uh, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. You got anything else? Anything else you wanted to bring up with 90s rap? So moving on from that cheery note, from that 
uh, positive note. Uh, let's talk about NFL and our Super Bowl predictions. So, who do you have in the Super Bowl? The obviously the Chiefs. So you got the Chiefs in the AFC. Now, who do you think is going to come out of the NFC? I don't know. I'm gonna have to think a little bit for that one. You know, the teams that are looking good right now out of the NFC. Uh, the Packers were looking pretty good. You know, they're looking really strong at the beginning of the season, and they're a little up and down. But I, I think that they still have a lot of um, a lot of firepower going into the playoffs. Uh, you know, the Seattle Seahawks were playing really well as well, and they've kind of been up and down lately. I could see the uh, L.A. Rams maybe. Uh, you know, so I think between those three teams. The Saints, maybe, but I feel like Drew Brees is uh, uh, a lot of, he's even back, or is he out for the season? I think he was out for five games. Yeah, they, they might be one or two. I mean, he got beat up, right? They Did you hear what happened to Drew Brees? Uh, I think he, like, I, I forgot. It was he like punctured a... punctured a lung. He punctured a lung. So his rib broke and started stabbing his lungs. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, no, it's insane. It's insane. Like it was, it just took such a hard hit, and he's older now, so he's, you know, it's gonna take a while for him to get back. But you know, the Saints, I think, we're we're doing really well as well. So if I, if I were to think about those teams, I don't know if Tom Brady and the Bucks have what it takes. Um, I think as it starts getting colder, I think Tom's gonna start kind of winding down a little bit, and I just don't think that team is talented enough to compensate for that. Yeah, but the thing is, how do y'all have so much good offensive weapons, but, like, y'all aren't number one in the league? You got to have somebody to throw it to them. You have to have, and Tom Brady's nice, right? But 10 years ago, Tom Brady would be lighting everybody up, right? He would be, um, you know, he would be making all kinds of passing records, but that was 10 years ago, right? It's 2010. Now he just, he doesn't have the arm to throw it to Mike Evans and, uh, all those, you know, uh, hot shot receivers and tight ends, right? You you have to have a guy, someone like Patrick Mahomes. Like if the, the Patrick Mahomes was there, he'd light everybody up, right? Like he would just throw all these bombs and just uh, slice up the defense because he's younger. He's got a big arm. He's super it accurate. Would be unfair. It would be unfair. Yeah, it would, I mean, it's not that he doesn't have any slouches now, right? Like Tyreek Hill and uh, the receivers that he has in, in Kansas City are, are pretty good. But, you know, that's just why the quarterback, like why having a great quarterback is so special because there's only maybe three really good quarterbacks on the face of the earth. Imagine that. There's only three. Everyone else is okay or pretty good, but there's only three that are great. And it's obviously Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson's a little hurt, but I still think when when he's up to snuff, he's, he's one of the best. Uh, Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is playing really, really hard, and maybe Aaron Rodgers, and that's it. Like I think that's where you cut the line. That's where you stop right there. What about Deshaun Watson? He's good. He's pretty good. I really like him, but he's not elite. You know, he has to make every throw. He has to, you know, he just doesn't do it enough. He does it every once in a while, but you have to do it every game. You have to do it every offensive snap. Like you have to be great all the time not, not sometimes 
Not when things are going your way all the time. And maybe he can get there. I like Deshaun uh, Watson. And hopefully that if he gets a good offensive line and some good receivers, you know, he can really play to his potential. But he's not there yet. And I, it's not really in, entirely his fault, but, um, you know, he's not elite. So, so I definitely think that the Chiefs from the AFC are gonna they're gonna repeat, huh? They're gonna go back to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, like, but in the off season, I thought it was gonna be the same matchup again, the Forty ers and the yeah. Chiefs. But then yeah. the Forty ers just end up getting beat up, bro. Like, yeah, they got a lot of injuries. <laughs> every player is injured. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what happens, and that's the one thing you learn about football. When you start watching football, it's hard to see teams repeat because a, in a matter of weeks, everybody can get hurt, and you could be like last in the league, and it just happens like that. Like it just in a flash, everyone gets hurt, and um, and that's it. <laughs> that's you know, then you got to start over the next year, and hopefully get new players, or hopefully everyone uh, heals up or doesn't retire, right? And so that's why the NFL is a brutal 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 sport it's a brutal game so that's why you don't have too many dynasties because everybody gets hurt yeah uh, yeah i think i'd like to see the chiefs again uh you know i think the steelers you know what i i'd be very interested to see the steelers and the chiefs and if that's in the uh afc championship uh i think that'll be you know that'll be amazing that'll that steelers defense is a nightmare you know they get all these sacks and they can break up uh passes you know they and they're a tough team they're a tough team that doesn't make excuses and to me that's that's worthy of so much respect yeah unlike the cowboys uh let's not even talk about the cowboys i'm just waiting for the season to end um (laughs) i just want it to be over with like i'm tired of it oh about now is one of my favorite parts of the nfl season is when we talk about the draft and so whenever they start doing draft shows and they start talking about different players from college football who the Cowboys might draft, I really get into it and I write my little notes and I listen to all the podcasts. I listen to different podcasts. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe we could get an offensive tackle from Oregon or whatever, right? And I'm like, you're then we'll ex- be the Super Bowl favorites. You're exactly like my father. <laughs> Where do you think I got it from? Who do you think taught <laughs> me this? What? <laughs> You know, I used to just be—I uh, used to just be a little normal little guy, and I was just—I was so happy-go-lucky, and I just had the whole world ahead of me. And then all my uncles were like, "You know, I mean, look, we're gonna win it. We're gonna win the Super Bowl." I was like, oh, "Do you think so?" And I've been saying that for 25 years. <laughs> hey, you'll get that way too, Benjamin. Don't, it, it starts off with collecting football cards and this is kind of cool and you look at stats and then he says oh well i want to see what he was like in college and you put on college football and then it's over and all you think about all week is football and how a tight end uh might really change you know what your offense looks like and what your team could do if you only just had you know a competent quarterback uh it just becomes ever consuming so you know this is your slow descent into football madness i hope you're ready yeah, I remember too. Uh, the game before we lost to uh, the no name football team. Yeah, the game before that one, the we Vikings? won it. Yeah, the one we won. My dad said, 
yeah, we're gonna win in five straight. I'm like, Dad, be real with yourself. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go that. We're not that good. <laughs> He's like Benjamin. Oh. We need to believe. We need a reason to believe. If I don't have a reason to believe, then I don't have a reason to wake up in the morning. Do you understand me? If I, I had, I need hope in my life, and I'm not gonna listen to you tell me that there's no hope. I need <laughs> hope. Well, that's the thing too. Is like I want to lose the rest of the games, and then we'll have a really good draft pick, and we'll get a stud, right? But on the other hand, I want to win all the games because I want to win. <laughs> I like winning. Sometimes you gotta be real with yourself and just tell I'm yourself. I'm never gonna be real with myself. No, I'm <laughs> never gonna be real with myself. I'm gonna be delusional and I'm gonna make stuff up and I'm gonna live in my own fantasy world because, by gum, as an American, I'm entitled to do that. I'm not changing it for nobody. You're gonna be like, <laughs> Benedict, he's gonna be the next Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I thought Benedict was gonna be good. I was like, hey, you know what? Stranger things have happened. And you know, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna be caught by surprise when Ben DiNucci throws four hundred yards and three touchdowns and runs in for a touchdown, and then like he's in this stuck. game, in this game, he's totally gonna do it. I know he he's is. gonna get a hundred and forty QBR rating. You just wait. And I was gonna, I was gonna sign him to my fantasy. I was like, oh, I want to blow all those suckers away because they've never heard of Ben DiNucci. And then he sucked. And then I went to go get chicken wings, and I was like, Tori was like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't talk to me. I'm just glad I'm not 10th in the league, bro. That's all I gotta say. I'm just glad I'm not 10th in the league. Josh. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So you're not 10th, but what are you now? Ninth. Yeah, well, let me see. What am I? Let me look right now where I'm at. Am I? What, did I fall? I thought I was second. Oh, I'm third. Okay. Turf toe cutters. I'm gonna make that big comeback though. Just you wait. Just you wait. Abandon Nucci's gonna lead us, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking like a real prophet there. I'll tell you what. I remember we were. I was on a winning streak, bro. I don't know. On blowouts, and then uh, what's her name? The goddess Christina just beat me and ended it, and I fell back in ninth, bro. That was so heartbreaking. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's every fantasy football season. Uh, you're riding high one day, then you're bottom of the barrel the next. And so you just got to, you know, make trades and pick up players. And that's when you got to start watching, you know, ESPN after school. And, and after your homework is done, you got to say, okay, who should I pick up? Who should I drop? You know, who's got suspended? And, uh, you know, you can wheel and deal. You can wine and dine, daddy. Uh, I remember so, the day I beat you. Yeah, all right, take it easy. <laughs> Relax. Relax. It won't happen next year. So don't you worry about it. Well, let's finish up tonight. We're we're finishing up here. Spurs. We're talking about the Spurs, right? Yeah. How we think we're gonna do. How do you think we're gonna do? The same as last year. Do you think we make the playoffs? Uh, we're probably gonna be like eighth, ninth. <laughs> it's oh, gonna so be one eighth, of those. The eighth seed, off and the ninth seed doesn't. So, do you think we make it in as the eighth seed, or do you think we lose out as the ninth seed? Probably in the middle. Like I, I can't choose, but okay, now so you're 50, I'm fifty-fifty. Yeah, but I'm more of not making it. Okay, edging like, to not making. Yeah, cause like 
we basically have the same roster, but some random kid that we barely know anything about. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> well, here's I think I think we're gonna do better. I think we're gonna be like the fourth seed. I think we're gonna surprise a lot of teams. I'm gonna tell you why. I think we're gonna do pretty well because obviously it's COVID 2020. We're in a pandemic, and a lot of teams haven't been doing training camps. They haven't been doing summer league, right? There is there wasn't a long off season, so this actually benefits a team like the Spurs where they're bringing a lot of the same guys back, right? They're bringing a lot of the same guys back. They have the same coaches. We've had the same coaches for 25 years. Uh, not a lot has changed. So, you know, when the season kicks off, we're, we don't have to change too much, right? There's a lot of teams uh, like, let's say, Brooklyn, right, where they've never played before and they have a brand new coach. So it's going to take a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months to – figure out what they're doing. Hey, when I go into the paint, you have to go to the side, right? Or when I go and call for pick and roll, you need to pull it fast, right? Like they have to talk to each other. They have to communicate. And if you've never played basketball with someone brand new, it takes a while for you to understand um, what they like to do and for them to understand what you like to do and how you play defense, how they play defense. It takes a long time. But if you're a veteran team like the Spurs, you figured that out two years ago. So, I mean, you may not be the best, but you're already kind of, you're ahead of the curve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can see the Spurs coming out and having a really good record at the beginning of the season. And I think other teams may catch up, but I think they're going to do well enough to, I think they have enough talent. You know, I really like Keldon Johnson. I really like Derek White. Lonnie's pretty good. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's pretty good. Uh, you know, I really like the guy. And DeJounte Murray, I think, is, is, is all right. I think he's pretty good. So and bring it back, Jakob. I'm like I like seeing that. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see what this team does. I think even though we have a lot of the same players, we might be giving uh, different players starting opportunities, right? Like we may not start um, Patty Mills, you know, or whatever. We may be starting. I want to see Derek White start, right? Like I want to see him start. I think starting him as your lead point guard really sets the tone, and he can make everybody look good on the team. Uh, so it'll be things like that. So even though you're not getting new players, you're going to give different responsibilities to new guys, and I think that'll definitely help them out. So I would say, you know, I think the Spurs are going to be a fourth seed. And I, I don't know if they're going to trade anybody, right? I think they're just going to play who they've got. And I hope, I hope the approach is different, that guys like Lonnie look good. Hopefully Luka Samanic. You know how I like Luka. I think Luka's going to do really good this year. <laughs> I I'm not the biggest fan of Luca. Hey, he's gonna surprise you. Just trust me. Trust me. I've been watching basketball My dad for twenty years. He said what? My dad said he's gonna be the next Luca Doncic. All right, I'm not gonna go crazy, but I think he's gonna be good. Look, he's gonna be the sixth man off the bench. He's gonna be shooting threes and doing no look passes and get rebounds. Believe me. Hey, he's going to be better than Davis Bertans. And you heard it first, fans, on this show on December 4th in the year of our Lord, 2020, Lucas Samanich is better than Davis Bertans. Book it. Rack him. Hey, shout out to Davis Bertans for getting that contract, though. Uh, he's getting that chatter, brother. He's getting that squilla, daddy-o. Uh, he's making that dough. Speaking of cheddar, speaking of cheddar we should trade Patty Mills. Because he making too much money. 
See, that's the thing is no one's going to take him. I, I think he's he's all right. And I think you need a three-point shooter on the on the bench, right? Like, even though he doesn't really play defense and he's not a great point guard, he can still hit some dagger threes. And he lost Bryn Forbes, right? Bryn Forbes went to Minnesota, no, uh, Milwaukee, right? Wait, what? And he lost yeah, Bryn Forbes signed with Milwaukee uh, two weeks ago. So Marco Belnelli went back to Virtus Bologna. He went back to Italy, so he's going to play in the Italian leagues there. I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, he's he just he was good. You know, five six years ago he was pretty good. He's just not at that level anymore, right? And you know, he wasn't hitting the threes. You know, when you get older as a player, you don't have the strength in your legs anymore to pop the threes. It just gets harder and harder. So he's going to retire. He's going to go back to his home country. He's going to play for a, the team as Virtuous Bologna and uh, just drink wine and make money and chill out with his family, right? So good for him. I'm glad he helped get us a ring in 2014. So, you know, God be with him. Uh, but he's not on the team anymore. So uh, I'm interested to see, too, uh, Trey Jones, right? Our second-round pick from Duke. So I want to see what he does. Hey, Duke breeds, bro. Duke breeds. <laughs> yeah, they, for years, for the past 30 years, Duke has put out just some of the best uh, basketball players, some of the best college basketball players. They're just smart players. These guys know how to play basketball. They may not be the most athletic. They're not going to jump out of the gym. They're not going to shoot threes. They're not going to, like, dribble over everybody. But they know how to play smart basketball, and that's what you want. You want a team that can play smart basketball, play discipline. They're not going to get stupid fouls. They're not going to get teed up. You know, they're not going to trip people. Um, they're not going to make too many mistakes. And that's what you want to do. If you want to win, you cannot make mistakes, whether it's in sports, whether it's in school, whether it's at work. You cannot make mistakes. And that's how you succeed. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Baba. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy. Well, Benjamin, I've had a good time tonight. Did you have a good time? I had a great time, man. I think this is a really good show. I think we got some uh, some good topics. We got some good laughs. Is there anything else you would like to mention before we uh, before we say goodbye? Uh, the goat, obviously. Uh, shoeless Adam Danger, as oh, you now call get him. Get out of here. As he calls himself now, uh, Toy the Terminator. Yeah. Oh, uh, and twelve Joshy numbers. Oh. <laughs> He's gonna get you back for this. Hey, I blew him out, bro. <laughs> I blew him out. Uh, Charlie. Uh, and uh, 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 Kishimoto. I guess I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Kishimoto, the creator Kishimoto. Naruto. All right. Well, thank you so much for creating Naruto Shippuden. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, like and subscribe to the show. This is Adam Danger Productions. Tell a friend, right? Uh, what I want you to do, if you're listening to this, I want you to send us to one person that you think would be interested in the topics of early 90s rap and football predictions and the Spurs, right? Who doesn't like these things? If you don't like it, then I don't want you listening to this show anymore. Nah, I want you to listen because, you know, it helps our ratings. But anyways, thank you so much. Uh, Big Ben, thank you for telling us what time it is. It was good talking to you, my brother. Stay strong. Stay warm. Keep wearing your mask. Take your vitamins. Drink your milk. Say your prayers. And I'm out of here. All right. <laughs>